Dave, do you mind if I ask you a personal question? No, not at all. I've wondered whether you might be having some second thoughts about the mission. How do you mean? Rumors about something being dug up on the moon. I never gave these stories much credence, but particularly in view of some of the other things that have happened, I find them difficult to put out of my mind. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Substandard, sponsored by the Black Tux. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Sonny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you the substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look under podcasts and search for substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. Gentlemen, how are we? JVL. Big news. Ooh, big news. Big, big news. news. Give it to me. Uh Fall baseball down by where I live is getting set to start up, and uh, the registration process has opened, and it turns out that for the fall league, for the spring league, it's a draft. <laughs> for a fall league, the managers recruit their own teams. Oh, I, boy. I'm here to tell you, Flash is a pretty hot property. <laughs> Been getting some emails and texts from the various coaches in the league, all oh, making great. some very attractive offers. We got to, as Flash's manager, we just got to look for the situation that's the best for him. And, uh, you know, like if, if coaches or their booster clubs want to drop off a couple packs of baseball cards in the mailbox, just with a little note just card on find it. Some I'm relics, sure, th- some I'm sure the player would appreciate it, and it might influence his oh consideration my, oh one way or another. Look at this. This is crazy. This is the, the, just the worst side of youth sports right here. The, the parents <laughs> selling their children Sad. for baseball cards. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's about how things are by us. How about you? Pretty big. Sonny, how are you? Good, good. Uh, I, I had a nice little uh, date night with my wife. We went to go see a movie. Uh, the the new I've actually seen down to the Alamo no 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 Uh, I've seen the new Mission Impossible movie we're not talking about this this week we're talking about it next week I saw it at the Smithsonian (gasps) on the air and space give me up or down no, no, I can't get eh, <laughs> and then a well, you got, no, I need it. You can't find that. The listeners, down. The listeners you could tell them off, off, off the uh, when, when we're not taping because it's got to save it. Got to uh, save, save it for the show. Oh, okay, so show. did you figure out why? Was but, there a special appearance at well, the Smithsonian? Well, so it turns out that they actually did, I think, the U.S. premiere at the Smithsonian, but the next day. So we were like the test audience to make sure oh, everything was that was it everything was running it was smoothly. A, Please welcome Tom Cruise. But like Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise was at the yeah in the on, on like the big IMAX screen. The 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 like big action sequences are shot in legit IMAX, and like the rest of the movie is like fake IMAX or like just you know projected. They go back and forth, yeah. Which I always find very annoying and distracting. And I like, love it. I, I love it, it when Nolan does it. I hate it. I actually, th- I actually think it's destructive to the integrity of the film in question. I think it like makes you realize that it's a film when you keep switching back and forth like that. 
in a way that is right. you, uh, that you, is very you're suddenly untransported yeah from that world. right you're like oh wait, wait i'm watching a, a movie now we're, we're back in the nice mm-hmm. picture now we're back mm-hmm. in the crappy mm-hmm. picture now we're back in the nice picture i i don't like it i think it's i think it is distracting and bad for the hmm. movie but before I, I didn't actually want to talk about that uh oh. the, before that i'm sorry hold on you think shazam looks really good and fun <laughs> But Which you pointed out, out three days ago, you pointed this out. But flipping out to full IMAX as a way of emphasizing the largeness of the setting on screen it should really all pulls be, you out of the it movie. Should all be, it should all be in the big the big format. If you're going to do it, it should all be in the big format or it should not be in the big format. Like You shouldn't, you shouldn't flip back and forth. I don't think this is a... Like, Disagree. Well, you're free to disagree. You're wrong about a lot of things. So uh, we can, we can leave it at that. Not wrong about Shazam. Well, we'll see. We'll go. We'll go back to the tape on that. As I was saying three days ago on Monday, uh, after we taped, eight hundred million dollars worldwide gross. I think it will do. Shazam. I think it will do seven to eight hundred million worldwide with at least two hundred fifty domestic. Bet you a baseball card. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into your perverted. <laughs> game. I, you're. You'll be betting me your son next with all your 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 plans and plots and what. Flash is too valuable. All on the back of Zach Levi, <laughs> America's greatest uh, hero, film star. Zach Levi. Uh, no, I didn't actually even want to talk about IMAX and, and all that. Uh, mm. I wanted to talk about beforehand, we went to dinner at Carmine's. Oh, <laughs> have you ever been of to Carmine's? Course, of have course I've been to Carmine's. Have you been to Carmine's, JVL? It's a New York place. It's yeah, a New York place, but, they, have but they, haven't been, they haven't got them in they DC, do? Vegas. I've been yeah. to two different locations in Carmine's, yep. the one on Broadway and the one further down. Right, right. So uh, Carmine's is a family-style Italian place. Like, you can't really get... A lot of individual there, huh? sized pork. Oh my god! You shouldn't even go in. You'll you'll just explode. Mm-hmm. But the but it's it's a like a family style place. So I went with my wife. It was just the two of us. So we know like going in like we're getting one plate. We're not getting an appetizer. We're not getting like we're just getting one plate of food. And we literally couldn't finish that one plate of food. What yes. did you get? We got it was a special. It was like a four cheese gnocchi. Mm. And it was like I mean it was good, but like we I we each literally ate like one third of the plate and so there was still the ideological opposite of the buffet. Yes. Yes. Well or, it's it's one visit one plate for two people. Yeah, no, I mean it's, it it's one visit, you don't go up for seconds, but you, you won't get seconds right, right. once you get well, these you, I mean the the best way to go to a place like this is to go with like ten people and you get like three family mm-hmm. sized mm-hmm. plates mm-hmm. and you're all mm-hmm. sharing. Mm-hmm. Like that's the ideal. But when you're going with one other person, it's like, okay, this is, we're getting one thing. But I I, I bring I, this if up. If I was with one person, I'd get maybe three or four dishes. Well you probably you mean you're different. You're a human dishes. garbage when, when, I, when I go alone, I get three or four when you go when you go by yourself. Uh, but it was so. Anyway, I bring this up because we're we're sitting there, and a couple sits down next to us, and they clearly have never been here before because they. It's just again, it's like a man and a woman, <laughs> and they order an appetizer and a main course, and I'm just like kind of watching out of the corner of my eye as their food comes, and the the waitress brings her brings their appetizer, and they they ordered wings, and it's literally like, are they Italian? No. <laughs> No, and wings are like, not an Italian they're, dish. They're small. They're small. Oh, wings, right? They're small people too. Like they're not. No, like, I meant the like, wings. No, 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 no. The yeah, wings. I, I wings an Italian dish that Carmine's is well, serving. Well, it's like Carmine's wings. I don't know. They <laughs> they call it a thing. I don't. Know. But like anyway, uh, the plate comes and it's literally like thirty wings. And this is the appetizer, and I just like see their face. I'm like again, I'm like watching out of the corner of my eye, and I see their faces like. The our, their eyes grow into like this these like comic book O of horror, mm-hmm. like what have we gotten ourselves into? And then the uh, like twenty minutes later, the waitress comes with their main dish, and it's a plate like basically the size of this computer screen. You can't see it uh, at home, but it's like a solid I don't know what 20, 26 inches across, uh, and 
it is just filled with pasta and like they've and i and i again i kind of like look over the and they've eaten like four of the wings their it's, server did not do them. No, their server, their server, their server is supposed to. Your server is supposed to. I'm in the server. Always there. warned. They'll say like I recommend. You know, this is a family style. The right. portions are larger. Instead, you you haven't instead eaten he made a killing. You haven't eaten here before. Right. Instead, he made a killing. <laughs> so anyway, I was. This was my weekend. Was kind of watching this other couple uh, be be tormented by the massive amounts you, of food. You'd be surprised, but get. you know, people like my aunt who lives in New York. Well, if we go to Carmine's there, she loves the calamari, but it's the whole thing. I mean, it's Yeah, a but full, it's like, how's the guacamole? Is the guacamole good? <laughs> I don't know. The calamari, and uh, actually, you'd be surprised, broccoli raw, because, you know, I I eat healthy, as right. you know. Of and course. You can get a giant broccoli raw, which I don't think involves that much butter, to be honest no, with you. Not no. much No, I, I, uh, I, anyway, that was my, that was my weekend. Good, good. How was your weekend, Victorino? Well, I'm just fresh back. Uh, I arrived at uh, home at midnight. I was in Connecticut for Friday, Saturday, You Sunday. did the Sunday night drive? Uh, Sunday night train. I took the tra- I left my kids behind. I took a 5 o'clock train from Old Saybrook and made it back to Union oh. Station at 11.30. With Kate in tow? Just you and Kate? No, no, just me. Just me alone because, you know. You left not only your kids, but your wife. As you know. Up there. As you know, Sonny, I have to work. I have to come in. I can't just take days off like this. Oh, yeah. Vic never takes any time off. As you know. At the free beacon, you know. Ever. And. We were actually discussing a very nice part-time plan that he could sign up for if he, <laughs> and, if you if you wanted to keep taking vacation days and going on junkets I'm, you know what stuff. i'm working i'm really working on these trips but uh uh so I, i'm back here but of course she went there to spend more family time up in connecticut and then from there she's going to drive down to jersey to see my folks and then they'll be back hey, on sunday cut, cut to the chase. so you get a full seven days without anybody else in the house yes what are you going to do I'll civilization get i'll get let me get to that. I'll get to that in a second. I'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, just want to say, but it was a um, it was it was a fun sort of two to three days for me in Connecticut. And you know what I played and I dominated at this game was a ladder golf. You know, ladder golf, or they call it ladder toss. It's uh, or blongo ball. It's the it's the balls connected with the ropes, and you spin it, and there's like racks, and you have to three points, two points, one point. Uh, the McCormicks uh, know this game. Was, uh, I've never heard of this yeah. in my life. What yeah. are you talking about? Ladder golf, and so it's like that's not three a racks, thing. and you got to spin like you spin this balls connected to strings, and then you spin it, and it wraps on a thing. And I played. Is this a New England waspy thing? Uh, no, I, you know, I mean, I played it down here. Uh, the McCormicks play it. Uh, they have a set themselves. Is it a Midwestern thing? I have no idea. Although I haven't. Uh, no, I've seen it once before in Connecticut, but the McCormicks have it. So. Uh, and I played against Captain Bill Dwyer, and I, I bet you crushed him. I crushed him, and it was a great. This is how big, you can tell it's not a real sport. I agree. Hold on, <laughs> it was a great big to do, and it was very funny because Captain Bill Dwyer's, you know, uh, wife Erin was mortified that I was uh, beating him at this game. And and what did Captain Bill Dwyer say? He's like, "You're like Lauren Holly from Any Given Sunday." That's what he said. <laughs> What's the matter with you? You can't be losing to him. And and Captain and the captain's spin was when everyone said, "What happened?" Because a big family reunion up there, from people on the deck watching. And uh, Captain Bill Dwyer's spin was, "Well, Vic finally found a sport that he's good at: blongo ball." Wait, were, so were you playing in a yard, in a or yard. was this something you were in doing on the yacht? <laughs> because it's a big yacht. Uh, no, it was in the yard. Okay, in the yard, back and forth. Although uh, um, uh, my father-in-law is working on boats. In his uh, barn. Uh, How good is Dr. Dwyer? 
at ladder golf. Didn't play him. I just played uh, Captain Bill Dwyer uh, twice, and then and then he retired, and I retired rather. And then uh, the next day, I choose yeah, not to I run. Not to, very much like Borg. <laughs> very much like Bjorn Borg. But you know, all you know is you know get out of the way. Once I'm swinging my yellow balls around, you gotta get out of the way. Um, okay, to jump to the what you were saying, uh, JVL. Uh, home Alone, what I'm doing, right? You know what I'm doing, JVL? I am going to be this week enjoying my Amazon Prime purchase. Now, I'll give you a hint. Amazon Prime Day purchase? Prime Day purchase. First, I'll give you a hint. It's it's battery-operated. I'm just kidding. No. It's, <laughs> it's You guessed it already. Civilization Complete, which I tweeted out. Complete. Gods and Kings and uh, the other one, what is it? Brave New World. Uh, it was originally priced at forty nine dollars. Got it for twelve forty nine. The it, it comes with everything, but it's completely different. The game moves at a snail's pace, and it's not like just easy to dominate. You got. Have you it. started already? Yes. Last night. Yeah. When you no, no, no. I thought about it because I looked at the clock. I was eleven fifty five. Eleven fifty five. I go. I'll just do a couple turns. Yeah, just a couple. look. Just you know until that, I get you know to the hanging works. gardens. Like, as yeah. soon as I finish, as soon you know as I finish what? the Great Library, you're I'm not going to believe the new wonders they got. They got the, mauls- the mausoleum of Halicarnassus, uh, uh, but uh, they have uh, new units, and I am excited to check. Who out are the you new playing units. as? I tried. You You've already played a little bit. Yes, when? I try um, before the trip. Oh, before the trip. Okay. okay, who did you go as, and who are you Mer- excited to play as? That's a good question. I have Sonny done- totally checked out at this point. <laughs> we don't really want to. We don't into need this. him. Um, uh, I was Maria Theresa of the uh, Austro-Hungarian Empire, mm-hmm. and you can buy city-states. It's, you click on a button. Underneath the usual gifting and stuff, it says diplomatic marriage, and then they're yours after, like, if they're allies for five turns and you have the money. But it is very hard to um, earn gold. It's just really hard. And religion is back. So the Civ Four thing of religion is now incorporated. It's very complicated. And I found uh, part of my trip uh, on the train was reading tips on strategy for complete edition. You didn't bring your laptop to play on the train? No, 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 no. No, I, br- I brought my work laptop because I was editing on Friday. Are you going to be playing as the Germans? No, the because Germans? I've done it. But you know what? Um, you know what? Poland is one, and their special unit is the winged hussar. Yeah, we'll check it out. Hussar? 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 <laughs> hussar? The winged hussar. Hussar. <laughs> So anyway, but I'll tell you what. One other unit. One other unit. Uh, machine gun. That's a new unit. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. If you discover something, now they have a new uh, research called ballistics, and you can do machine gun. And I think that's going to be very exciting. Speaking of machine guns, over the weekend, the Equalizer Two took the top spot at the box office with thirty-five point eight million dollars, followed by Mama Mia Two with thirty-four million, and in third place, ugh, Hotel Transylvania Three. With $23 million. These numbers are fine, but it's no Guardians of the Galaxy, Sonny. Yeah, I mean, the big the big news out of Comic-Con really had nothing to do with Comic-Con. Uh, it was James Gunn uh, being kicked off the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 uh, because a bunch of uh, angry conservative-slash-alt-right type tweeters uh, dug up a bunch of his old tweets about making, you know, like, pedophile jokes, that sort of thing. Um, I am... Uh, my, my big, my big th- thought on this, I have one big thought on this, and this is basically, this is what you get for weaponizing outrage. Um, 
you know, you when you when you make a world in which uh, mistakes and uh, bad bad jokes and bad tweets uh, can be used to get people fired, you can't be too angry when it happens to someone you like. Um, this is why I have, as JVL knows, always argued for forbearance on this sort of thing. We need to separate our politics and our and the rest of our lives. Uh, otherwise, we just kind of uh, enter into this death struggle uh, where every time someone makes a mistake, it uh, it comes back to haunt them. I have other kind of like lesser thoughts, like for instance. Um, what was Disney expecting when they hired an edgelord indie director who uh, made movies about uh, like uh, lizards crawling into people's crevices and um, killing them? Uh, you know, a, a guy guy with a trauma background who is uh, who who is known for this sort of thing. Like, what did what did they expect? Did they not go back through his? social media accounts and kind of trying to figure out who he is. Um, and my, my other, my other kind of small thought on this is what on earth is his agent doing, letting him have this Twitter account where he's out there. Um, not only, uh, you know, the reason James Gunn fell under, uh, fell under fire was because a, he is a vocal critic of president Trump and B, he uh, attacked Mark Duplass, who had said something nice about Ben Shapiro, right. and uh, and then yeah. everyone got mad at Mark Duplass. I mean, like the, the the trying to explain a Twitter fight to a stranger is like is 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 kind of pointless. So, right. um, hopefully, some of you know what is going on here. But the but the but the but the you know why how on earth does his agent let him have ten years of awful nasty tweets? Um, and and jokes about having sex with children and that sort of thing when he's working for Disney. Uh, every every agent needs to have a serious talk with any of their uh, and anyone in their stable who has an unmediated Twitter account about either doing a purge of old tweets or uh, simply giving it up because it is it is a disaster waiting to happen for all these people. Particularly, I imagine you know eccentric types, artistic types say all yeah. sorts of crazy things. Yeah, right? I, I mean, mean I animals. like this is a like Disney hired James Gunn because James Gunn was a weirdo. They hired him because he was kind of a weird indie director with a quirky sensibility who would give their weird mm-hmm. movie about the talking tree and the murderous raccoon yeah. kind of a veneer of of artistic credibility. Um, and so you know, look, when you hire that sort of person, you have to kind of understand what you're getting um and disney's failure to appreciate that left them open for this attack uh you know i i the weirdest thing about this is that james gunn got in trouble for this sort of thing about six years ago um back when he was first brought on board the first guardians of the galaxy movie like somebody went through his old tweets and like got got mad at him for things and he apologized was like oh you know i'm sorry i didn't mean to make the trans jokes i didn't mean i didn't mean to come across across as an anti-gay bigot uh homophobe all that stuff so like at that time somebody should have been like we're nuking this account Mm -hmm. You don't get to do this anymore. And the fact that he didn't speak poorly of him and his representation and the people at Disney, but also, like, uh, this is the this is the awful, terrible world that we've chosen, which is one where when you make jokes on Twitter or in public, or if you are, say, a Netflix—this is a story I read this weekend. Netflix executive uh, at a soccer game managing his daughter's soccer team— uh, 
uh, is, is somebody comes up to him and says, why haven't you fired Danny Masterson yet? Danny Masterson had been accused of rape right. uh, by three or four women. And, and he is like trying, again, he's like out with his family. He's trying to do family things. And he kind of dismisses the person like, ah, we don't believe his accusers. Turns out one of the accusers is who asked him. Uh, and so it like it turns into this, and uh, the guy gets fired. His reputation is destroyed. Right. And, right. you know, we need we need to create a world in which you you are not 24 hours a day a representative of the place you work. Uh, or the business that you do, and uh, the fact that we have chosen to live in a world where we destroy anybody who makes mm-hmm. a mistake or does something we don't like is a bad world. We have chosen a bad world. We live in a bad world. I'm sorry. JVL. Garbage people chose a bad world to live in. Yeah, I know. I'm shocking. Shocking, right? Uh, question. If James Gunn was a director for a high-profile property at any other studio that was not Disney, would he have lost his gig for this? Because I think Disney is a special case. I mean, Disney is the mouse. It's the family. I mean, they have a real corporate identity about this in the way that I don't know that Sony or Fox or Warner Brothers would have. Um, hard to say. I, I, I think... He could have survived. I think there there are places he could have survived, and I think there are projects he could have mm-hmm. survived on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you were making a PG thirteen movie that is supposed to appeal to teens mm-hmm. and young adults, mm-hmm. and there is the hint that you were linking to child pornography videos, which is I think what killed him. There was a there was a tweet that was deleted that was like, check out this video of a hundred girls touching themselves and everyone was like oh my god pedo video pedo. he's tweeting out pedo porn but it was actually a it was like a choral uh, group singing the divinal song i touch myself <laughs> but you couldn't see it because he had already deleted the tweets mm-hmm. so it was just like a blank video question yeah had disney not removed him Roughly how much money would Guardians 3 have lost as a result of still having James Gunn as a director? I think this is this is the real question, right? You, I, zero. Zero. You think it's right. zero? Zero. People would still... It's a headache. It's a headache, and I think that it's... The, yeah. the, first, the first rule of PR, right, is avoid headaches. So they were, nipping, they were nipping something in the bud. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, all of these Marvel movies look exactly alike anyway. There's a real question as to what exactly James Gunn brings to the table as a director that some other you know, guy for hire wouldn't be able to. I mean, if they, brought, if they brought John Favreau in to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3, would it look different? Well, he's a great speechwriter, but I don't know. He does a great <laughs> podcast, too. Question. Uh, these tweets have existed for a long time, obviously. You mentioned that. How did they or why did they just resurface now? Well, who again, what? again. so what happened was a few days ago, Mark Duplass tweeted out, if you are a liberal and you want to have a good conversation with a conservative, right. talk to Ben Shapiro. Something like that. Something along those lines. And the left lost its mind. Lost its, just lost its uh, mind. It went totally nuts. And to the point that um, that Duplass deleted the tweet and then put up a kind of Maoist Even apology. So here, here's my quick sidebar. Yep. Which is worse? If Duplass's Maoist apology is cynically not true and he's doing it just because he thinks he has to, or if it's genuine? Because I, having spent... I, I, like Ben a great deal. I think Ben is a, an underrated writer and a great podcaster and, and just a good guy. Uh, 
So I was sort of outraged on his behalf. But when looking at this, I couldn't figure out which would be more depressing. If Duplass, like, didn't mean it, but felt like he just had to do it because that's the state of the world in, or if he really meant it. I think it is more depressing if he really meant it. Uh, I understand the pressures that come along with being forced to denounce somebody who you don't even really know anyway. I mean, it's not like Duplass and Shapiro are friends. Right. Like they're not they're not hanging out. And I like I like Ben too. I think he you know he's he listens to the show sometimes. So, you know, sorry sorry Ben. Uh, but but like I I think it's actually worse uh, if he means it because that means that like he has actually been like mentally brainwashed. Broken. I mean, like a, yeah. it's like a legit struggle session out there. It's really, I mean, yeah. it's really bad. Yeah. And this yeah. is, I, I got to say, this is one of the things where Twitter only has power over you if you're on it. And if Duplass just wasn't on Twitter, then he would have been able to just like, you know, give the finger of the world and be like, yeah. what do I yeah, care? I don't care. You know, like right. there's a weirdness to allowing yeah. mm-hmm. so Twitter is, to have control is, this, over your life. This is very much a Twitter controversy. And, and you know, the, the idea that... James Gunn will get in trouble for something he tweeted 10 years ago because of something he tweeted three days ago uh, that people who love Donald Trump uh, uh, found offensive is this is like the mad world that we live in. It's totally insane. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's the world we have chosen. Well, I think what's really interesting, as you mentioned, is, um, you know, it's it's too bad for James Gunn because Guardians of the Galaxy is a very quirky movie and they found a very quirky director. You know, I guess you could say it was really, yes, JVL. I, I, I do want to say this. Mm-hmm. This is the type of thing that should never happen to anybody. But if it has to happen mm-hmm. to somebody, mm-hmm. let it happen to James Gunn. Right. He does not seem like a super good right. guy. Right. He One of his tweets about the Duplass thing was like, you know, there are a lot of traitors and racists in the country today. I'm come. Come the f on. Well, it's you know, just. I mean, this is right. No, right. Totally. I was, it shouldn't happen to anybody. But if it has to happen to right. somebody, right. Fine. I was just going to say it's too bad for him because the Guardian of Galaxy series was really tailored for him. And speaking ah! of tailored, look at that. Wedding season is upon us. You're going to be doing it big and going out to all of your buddies' weddings. When you're bringing a date, you want to look fresh, but it has to be convenient. That's where theblacktux.com comes in. The Black Tux has awesome suits and tuxedos and all kinds of styles, and you rent them online. I had the Wrigley suit. It was gray. It was awesome. Plus free socks. And, of course, our former Free Beacon intern, Graham Piero, and his buddies wore it to the Georgetown Dip Ball and the Senior Ball. They looked great. The Black Tux offers the kinds of suits and tuxedos styles that would normally be wildly expensive to buy, and you might only wear it once, like the Emerald Shawl Tuxedo. It's funky. It's cool. How many times are you going to wear an emerald green tuxedo with the Black Tux? You can do you and blow it out for your big one-time event. So try out a new look. Do something different and take your style to the next level. With a Black Tux free home try-on, you can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before your event. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before the event. If anything is less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. And remember how simple returns are. Wear it, turn heads, then send it back three days after your event. Shipping is free both ways. Stand out at your event for the right reasons with the Black Tux to get $20 off your purchase Visit theblacktux.com slash substandard. That's theblacktux.com slash substandard for $20 off your purchase. The Black Tux premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. What I also like about theblacktux.com is it's one site to do all your shopping. You don't have to go on some crazy internet odyssey. Speaking of odysseys. 
Uh, one more thing I'm sorry. on James Gunn. Did, I'm not, did you just transition out of an ad? Out of an ad. Thank you. You've got... This is like the first snowboarder to pull a 1080 I, or something. Like this is, it's out, never been done before. It's never been done throwing, before. Throwing a perfect the, the game double, in the World the Series. Oh, God. Please, Sonny, continue. Uh, one more thing about yeah. James Gunn. Sorry to step yeah, no, on your transition. It's okay. Uh, I'm glad I got it out. It, it really, I mean, JBL mentions that he is like kind of a like kind of a prick, kind of a liberal prick, and uh, just a prick. Is, Doesn't even need to be liberal. Yeah, just kind of a he's, prick. He's just kind of a prick. And the the um, the you know the real lesson here is that. Every revolution eats its own, and this is very much an example, uh, just another example of yes. kind of a a you know like oh I've cr- I've created this great world where we shame all the bad people, and I'm one of the good people, so I'll always be fine. And that's just not that's not how it works. Um, and there's been kind of a spate of articles of people being like you know our outrages are real, but this is a fake outrage by conservative. Mo-. Like all outrages are dumb. We shouldn't fire people because uh, the mob gets mad. That that's 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 it. I'm done. All right. Thank you. Sorry. Speaking of odysseys. Speaking of odysseys, I believe this is now the. Is it's not only the fiftieth anniversary of two thousand one Space Odyssey. Is it also like around this time? Is that why it's happening now? Yeah, I mean, it was a sunny. What's going on here? It came out in. In I don't know, like May or June or something. Okay, like that. all right. Um, so it's the fiftieth and fiftieth this week, anniversary. Also today, this week, today, Thursday, July twenty sixth, when we're taping. Uh, is Stanley Kubrick's, I believe, 90th birthday? I, I have to. If I'd, he were, yes, yes, it would be his 90th, um, and, and you, or possibly 91st. I don't know and, how. I don't know how math works. And did they have? Uh, did they have a um, special sort of uh, re- screening of 2001? So 2001 was released. Uh, they they have. The, the short version of the story is Christopher Nolan worked with Warner Brothers to put together a new print of the film. They worked uh, from from the original kind of interpositive, which is uh, the the print that they used to strike new prints from, um, not the actual negative, but like the 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 print that they make from the original okay. negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took he took new interpositives, uh, or he or he took print struck from the interpositive and did a bunch of color corrections to Stanley Kubrick's original kind of intentions and that sort of thing. Uh, and they they put put together a bunch of seventy millimeter prints and they sent it all around the country and they it, I think the the screenings have just wrapped up so sorry we should probably should have done this episode like two months ago but uh, but did uh, you go see it? In I else? saw it at the AFI Silver here in in Silver town, Spring in Silver Spring. Yeah. How long uh, did it take you to get home? God, it took me like an hour to get home because it, well this is I don't want to get into it but it was freaking <laughs> disaster it's a terrible place but uh but it's hard it's it's a kind of annoying to get to if you live in Virginia but. Uh, if you live in D.C. or Maryland, you should go sometime. The AFI Silver is great. Anyway, I saw I saw a new 70 millimeter print. I I basically only watch 2001 once every five or six years or so, and I see it in 70 millimeter at uh, uh, a place like the AFI Silver because it is a movie that only really makes sense to watch on the big screen. It's a it is a film that is very much about movement and motion, and uh, and the way that that kind of interplays with sound and music. Um, and you have to see it on the biggest possible screen with the best possible uh, uh, music uh, setup, best speakers and all that, um, to really understand what's going on. You know, it, it's a film that that uh, that was made for an earlier time, for a generation before, you know, the, the MTV generation with its quick cuts. 
No, yeah, this, this, and it's, this is not you know, Pearl Harbor. This is and not Pearl Harbor. And it's, you know, okay. Michael Bay style editing. Uh, you know, you it's it's a sort of it's a sort of movie that you experience and you let wash over you, and you know to just to just distill it to like plot points or you know whatever uh, is uh, all that stuff really, is the, you know, the you normal wanna, stuff the narrative you, no, yeah, the narrative the plot the, it's not you know, an issue this is really the, the line it's, it's not you know, why you're watching that's not it. why you're watching it's not you're why you're watching, watching it. it's an experience. As they say on on the poster, the like a poster, roller coaster, it's, like a theme park ride. It's the ultimate trip. Well, I mean, it's more it's it's opening your mind. You know, it's like LSD but on film. It's uh, it's really, it's really uh, that's yeah. So anyway, JVL, did you recently watch two thousand one A Space Odyssey to prepare for this episode? You know, as Paul Thomas Anderson is fond of saying, we're all Stanley's children. And I'm happy to acknowledge the greatness of Kubrick. And I had not watched this since I was a teenager. And so I rewatched it last night. How? Where? In my home. So on the big screen? On my phone. In portrait mode. Oh, no. In standard definition. My God. Where did you even get that from? Amazon hides the standard definition option from you, but it's there, and I did it just for you, Sonny. Question. Yeah. How SD. How big is the actual viewing <laughs> space on your phone when you're watching it in, in, in port? Would you say it's like three square inches altogether? I was going to say three. <laughs> Closer to two and a half. Two about two, so about two and a half square inches wide. Okay, Mm -hmm. maybe two. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, great. And uh, and I let it wash over me, Vic. I just I just let it wash over me. Felt like you were enveloped in outer space. You were there. Something else, really, Victorina. Have you watched it recently? Uh, You know what? I have only watched it once when AFI came out with the top 100 movies of the century. Do you remember? The, of the I last century, we were alive then. Uh, and I wanted to check off as many off that list, which I had on my old bulletin board. And one of them was 2001. I was living at the Kennedy Warren at the time in my little uh, efficiency, my studio. And I watched it. Did you watch it on VHS? I watched it on VHS, oh, Sonny. God. And I have to tell you. In Pan and Scan. Savages. There's pan a part of the movie. Pan and Scan. There was a part of a movie. I don't even, I didn't even notice that if they, if, if there was if no letterboxing. No, I, I re- what I remember is the part where they're going through this weird space trip where you have to be on LSD to experience it. And the Stargate. This, you go the through, Stargate. It's called the Stargate. You go through the monolith. The monolith, and I fast-forwarded because I thought it, went, it went on for like five minutes. It went on for like 15 minutes. Oh, my uh, gosh. So what is that like, I will though? Say, in Well, I will say, look, I, the first time I saw the movie, I saw it on a, a, a screen that was probably about 20 inches a TV. like a TV yeah, like yeah. a like a CRT TV back in the 90s in a friend's basement uh and it was uh, like showing on one of the PBS channels like WETA or something um and we were watching I was like yeah this is I don't right, I, right. and then I watched on? and then I watched it later in you know Blu-ray or DVD or whatever or probably DVD at the time I was like yeah I still, I don't I don't quite. and it wasn't until I saw it like in the theater on the big screen where you can see like the little individual movement of people in the windows of the ships mm-hmm. as they're doing the docking as mm-hmm. as like the ships actually kind of look like they're dancing with each other to set to the the blue danube waltz i mean it is it is a different experience on the big screen it is not a movie you watch for plot that's not why you watch it it's not layer cake it's it's 
bigger. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, JVL? I, yes, JVL. I have a lot of, mm-hmm. I have yeah. a lot of thoughts. I have observations. Having it as fresh in my I, mind I have, as it is. I have observations okay. and thoughts. Uh, is part of it, Sonny, uh, ob- uh, expectations? So you go in there, you know now what to expect, that this is not a normal movie, yeah, per sure. se, that you know that it's going to be how long through the ape section, JVL? The ape section itself is I didn't I didn't I ran a lot of clock on it. The first dialogue is at twenty five minutes and forty four seconds. Wow. The dialogue between Homo sapiens. The the right. first intelligible English word. Got it. Very good. Very good. Is at twenty five forty four. Uh, it. I actually so the Dawn of Man stuff is interminable. But I also liked parts of it. I like means great. For instance, I get it. The yep. if they remade this movie today, which they absolutely should, they should, and that's going to be we're going to talk about that last. But this is a movie that can we, is can, crying out to be remade. Can Zack Snyder do? <laughs> he might not be a bad choice, frankly. Uh, the apes would be CGI and they'd be less good. I actually yeah. just watched The Two Towers over the weekend with Flash and the Andy Circus Gollum physical work, which everybody has been so always, uh, nothing compared to the actors who are doing the apes. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the B unit photography in the Dawn of Man stuff, amazing. The shot of the leopard with the eyes glowing when he turns away from the zebra, it's aston- there's astonishing filmmaking. That said, Sonny, what time is it? Uh, 36.15. Every time a f***ing ship has to land somewhere, it's a minimum of three minutes. Well, it, it's, That's it, the best it's, part. It's landing in real time. It's there landing are, in real time. There are four moments, four scenes of ships. There is the Earth ship docking with the space station, the space station pod landing on the moon, the moon ship landing at the alien site, and then Discovery 1 approaching Jupiter. The first three of these take three minutes of screen time each. The final one, Discovery 1's approach to Jupiter, is fully five minutes long. What that means is that 10% of the movie's runtime, 10% of it is is dedicated... Well, not including the intermission. To ship's landing. And the interlude. And docking. And I the mean, overture. What, there, is, there is the scene where uh, they go to the monolith... Uh, on the moon mm-hmm. and the guys begins with the men in the spacesuit looking down over the excavation site and seeing the monolith then walking down looking at it reaching out to touch it just it, like the apes which is just like the apes and which I love <laughs> I don't need it to be I love, I love Sonny's face the Sonny's face is I just blew your mind I don't need that and no it isn't just me. Nobody, no viewer needs that to be three and a half minutes long. You what? do. You do if you're in the, th- if you're if you're watching it in the movie theater and all you can hear is the kind of. No. It creates the sense of isolation, and it gives you that sense of 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 really truly foreign and extraterrestrialness. And then when the sound, when the when the the radio signal goes off, it's deafening in the theater. The diminishing returns, for the visual impact and experiential impact of that after 90 seconds shrink down to this <laughs> i'm not saying you That's need why you to see do it in the theater man i'm not saying you need to do mm-hmm. quick cut mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is you can take your time and have atmospherics that are not at that level of self-indulgence. Question, Sonny. Yeah. When the movie came out in 1968, it had to have been uh, inarguably the most impressive special effects space scenes ever done to that point, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, it's not like... Even even later uh, sci-fi movies, you'd be able to see black outlines oh, and yeah. things like this, but it looked like... Well, this is one of the reasons it took four years to make, is because they kept... Uh, they, Kubrick was, was not uh, pleased with Douglas Trumbull's work in it. Mm-hmm. They, they kept having to keep getting it right, and, and Trumbull, to his credit, made... Uh, made it, made it, made this movie what it is. I mean, without without so, his work, it, so it's not the same. When JVL is discussing how long it, ta- it took for these ships, three minutes docking, mm-hmm. this and that, if you were in the audience Again, in 1960, would you be just like marveling for three minutes, just in amazement, including young George Lucas or whoever yeah. else, or George well, totally. Lucas who wrote Patton at the time? Yeah. But anyway, young, or not not Patton, that's Francis Ford Coppola, but young George Lucas watching this and sure. Steven Spielberg saying, "Wow." Yeah. And I love young, young Christopher Nolan. The reason yeah. Christopher Nolan wanted to, to work on the print was because he had seen it as like an eight year old or whatever. And had, Christopher uh, Nolan blown, still blown would have mind. wanted to do it if those scenes had each been two minutes long. The third minute doesn't get you anything. Oh, but it does. JBL it this creates, is like, it creates this is like, so much mood. This is like being the person who goes into 7 Eleven and gets the giant, super gargantuan gulp mm-hmm. version of it and then feels like they have to, after filling it up, like, pour off the foam and get that last little bit of extra. No, you've got 140 ounces of, of soda there. Well, you, you don't, don't want, need you don't, to put any more in. Well, you don't want 10 ounces of foam. What was your thought, JVL, on the Stargate? So, th- so this is, again, the, I do not, I do not, I wanted to troll you by saying the movie is ridiculous and terrible, but it's not. It is a stunning achievement. The sets, the rotating sets, the photography is astonishing. The Stargate sequence... I mean, they didn't have this 1968. They did not have computers, let alone yeah. computer-generated animation. Yeah. This is done by what? what they had, like, lights and paint in a bucket of water that they were, you know, um, putting a motor through and had a camera I there, lens. I in. think there was some very, very rudimentary computer it's work a, done on something. It's astonishing as a technical yeah. achievement. But virtuosity is cinematic, but it's not narrative. Like, it's, I mean, the the thing which cinema is, this is a real question. What is cinema? Is cinema just technical achievement or is it technical achievement that has to be used in the service of telling a story? Because there's very little storytelling going on and what is done in this movie is so ambiguous. I don't need concrete answers. I believe that art can be ambiguous, but because something is insanely ambiguous doesn't mean that it is finally wrought art. Sure. Uh, my my take on that question is kind of my take on Kubrick as a larger phenomenon. Um, can I just take two minutes to explain my theory of Stanley Kubrick and why he is like kind of... Please. Please. So, my theory on Stanley Kubrick is that he endures as like essentially the kind of greatest of the uh, semi-art tourist filmmakers is that he is entirely accessible in a way that a lot of these guys aren't because he worked in genre right he he made what three war films he made a sci-fi film he made a horror film um gladiator film he made he made a sword and sandal picture right so like he, costume he drama made, he, uh, right and a costume drama so like he he kind of throughout his career worked within very specific identifiable genres um and uh, he has enough kind of unique 
stylistic things that people can look at what he's doing and say, oh, I recognize the kind of like steady cam uh, tracking shot or like I recognize the like low angle uh, super close up on the face to, you know, like he does, he does like enough very specific things. Um, and he works in very middle brow, uh, concepts. So the concept of 2001 is where did we come from? Where are we going? Right? Like this is the big question. Um, in a clockwork orange, it is what is, where, what is free will and does it actually matter? Um, uh, uh, Dr. Strangelove is, you know, like, wh- what does it actually mean to have the power to destroy ourselves? Like, he's working in kind of very broad, um, accessible uh, ways in very broad, accessible media, uh, very, very broad, accessible genres. So, I, to get to, to answer your point, um, uh, I think narrative matters, uh, but I don't think it matters as much on 2001 as it does in his other films, if that makes sense. I mean, he took four years to get the space station right. During that time, could he have, like, figured out in the, the most broad strokes what his script was actually trying to say and well, what the but story I, was? But I don't think... I, I think it's pretty clear what the story is trying to say. It's trying to say mm, this I is... Don't, this is where so. we are. This is where we're going. What is, you know, what what is the human journey through time and space? I, ends, I, it ends with a star baby. That makes perfect sense. I don't understand what I don't understand what the issue is here. Is the star baby there to eat all of our nuclear weapons, or is he there to kill us, or is he there to create a new heaven, or is he no, just, actually just in a human zoo? He's just the next stage, man. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's that. Well, the answer takes place nine years later in 2010. Yeah, I. Uh, I would say this the whole time. I kept thinking to myself. This movie might have been better if Martin Scorsese had been directing it. There'd be a lot more violence. True. He would he'd pay attention to story. Yeah. Give him that. Yeah. No, but I really, I did, <laughs> I honestly did feel that this is the type of thing that if you hand it off to, say, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. Denis Villeneuve. I would, I would be okay with a remake on that that is, again, atmospheric, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not self-indulgent. That moves things along with some sort of economy. This is, I, I, I economy want. Economy is overrated. It is this not is, overrated this is, in this filmmaking. Is, but this is one of the reasons why. Again, I really enjoy seeing it in a theater mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. have it has. When you go and see it at the AFI on a seventy millimeter print, they have the the overture at the beginning as people are kind of filling in and <laughs> taking their seats. Oh, I know the overture. They it has sat through that on my phone. It has the intermission. Uh, where Sat you can through that too. Well, I got can, the full experience. You can you get up and you walk around and you go get some popcorn. You go get a, a PBR. You know, you come back. Is that here. one of the last film listeners will maybe know this too? Is this one of the, that one of the last films that had an intermission in the movie? Mm, I remember yeah, Sound of Music has one. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang has a Gone with the Wind has you one. Still, you still get them. That. You still get them occasionally. The Hateful Eight, the Roadshow version of the Hateful Eight oh that, that went around on seventy millimeter. They did one. Had an intermission. Had wow. like a had a fifteen or twenty minute intermission um but yeah it is a, it is the thing that has disappeared and that's i think bad actually i think the intermission is one of the, the 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 reasons the film works because the intermission kind of like you're you are actually kind of exhausted after that first hour and a half like it is it is a you're bored 
No, you're, you're not. Exhausted. No, you're not. Again, it's very different in 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 sitting in the theater watching it on the giant screen. Where I've seen the movie. Getting, it's the same movie. I've seen it. I've seen, seen it on my phone. It's not the same movie. It's the same thing. I've seen it on my phone. And you get up and you walk around for a little bit and you come back and you're like, "What was Hal planning on doing?" Because the 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 intermission mm-hmm. uh, ends on him reading the lips. It's like mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh my god, that computer knows what what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. What's he gonna do?" It's great. H A L or I B M. H A L. I B M. Uh, then he does that that thing where they he's shutting down Hal and he has to pull out every single tape cassette thing to in order to shut. How long did that take? Just pull down one. How long did that take? Pull out another one. What is the running time? Pull Question. What is the running time? Uh, he can feel his mind going. JBO. The, the running time is this is it's not that long. It's like two hours and thirty minutes. Really, it's basically as long as the Dark Knight. It is. It is not that long. It only shorter than Infinity. Feels, shorter than Infinity it War. It feels like it's five hours long. And this is again, this is a failure of. The, there's a there's a phrase for this they use in screenwriting, which is escaping me, where you are trying to portray a feeling like boredom, and but instead of portraying the feeling of boredom, you actually portray actual boredom, and you bore the audience. And that's what this movie does. I honestly, I. I am not. A, I love atmospherics. I love atmosphere, but atmosphere is an ingredient which contributes to the story, and is not a substitute for the story. And substituting atmosphere for story is the same kind of sin as substituting action for the story. You know, I mean, it, it is the, the flaws in this are no different in theory than like a kung fu movie, which is just all action with no no plot in it. Yeah. No. Sonny, I mean, uh, and you are, you like obviously two thousand one a space odyssey, but great, is man. that your favorite of the Kubrick? No, Uvra. no, my favorite. Would oh, wait, 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 rank them. <laughs> oh, I've got a ranking somewhere. I I mm. actually you have to do you, all of them. All right, you, you can just do. I would say starting from you Spartacus. Guys, you guys go first. Give me give me one sec. Actually, Victor, I can't, no. I can't work that well. Yeah, on the spot <laughs> with Kubrick. Did we see Eyes Wide Shut together? No, we did not. We did not. I've only the seen AMC parts of that. House? No, that, was, that, that wasn't me. You've Who only you seen with? the parts on you? Daily Motion. I've only seen the parts with uh, Lily, I've only seen the parts Lily on, Daily Sobiesky, Sobiesky, on Daily Motion. Daily Motion. That reminds me later on tonight. Okay. Um, oh, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so It's been wild these last few days. Uh, I but, would but, guess that okay, your okay, favorite okay, is, okay. is Full Metal Jacket. But again, Full Metal Jacket is only half a great movie. It is, it is half, half a great movie. A it is half great a great movie. movie. The Shining is probably on the top really? of my list. Yeah, I, I, I like The Shining a lot. That's interesting to me. I, I find it interesting. You know, part of me wanted to live in that I'm not world. Totally I mean, I lived basically in The Shining and the Overlook, the Kennedy Warren, you know, with the creepy carpet and the long halls. But uh, uh, it's an interesting. That's I mean, it's an interesting idea. I, I know that that Stephen King hated it, right? But um, I don't think I knew that. Uh, oh maybe yeah, I did. Yeah, King hates that version. Yeah, hates it. Yeah, does I, he I, hate the direction or the screenplay? Victorino. Oh, uh, uh, the, don't don't say it out loud. Don't. But we we know the screenwriter, sort of. I'll tell you uh, off air. What? Off air. Okay. okay. Yes. Uh, go okay. ahead, Sonny. You're right. on. I would go. This is from four years ago. I tweeted this, so yeah, I'm sure it's still good. Uh, Are you, oh, hold on, set me up. Are you going from? I'm going from lowest to best, best to worst. Best to worst. Or okay. should I do worst to best? Do worst to best. I want to build best. up to your worst absolutely, absolutely. Worst to best. And understanding worst is really just. Yeah. Well, worst is still amazing. Worst right? is still. You don't it, dislike worst, anything. That's worst right. is not great. That's right. I mean, the 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 two bottom 
entries on this are, are like actually not that good. But all right, Fear and Desire, which is was lost for a long time. They 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 found it recently. Uh, Killer's Kiss, Spartacus, Lolita, Eyes Wide Shut, Paths of Glory, The Killing, Full Metal Jacket, Barry Lyndon, uh, The Shining, Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. Dr. Strangelove, and my favorite is A Clockwork Orange. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I would actually, I would maybe move The Shining up higher I was gonna, in the last um, yeah. four years or so. Yeah. I would I would actually probably yeah. bump that up a little yeah. bit. But yeah. but it's hard because like I would say like the top six or so entries are all four-star movies. So I would say about Kubrick that he is not my favorite guy, his stuff, but I he is clearly in the pantheon yeah. like the very top to the highest Has shelf in the pantheon kubrick mm-hmm. occupies that space uh and that said 2001 is insanely overrated it is astonishing in many ways mm-hmm. but ultimately a failure as a movie in the same way that i judge interstellar to be a failure as as a movie although it is a tremendous success in many ways i'll have to revisit that i what did you like better in terms of nolan Interstellar or Inception? Inception. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, Inception is a all right. Yeah. Same. Enormous achievement, right? You're the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah same. Is there anybody who likes Interstellar better? I, f- I figured I'd have to see it more times to get. A, uh, Sonny, you loved Interstellar. I mean, I think they're both four star movies. So okay. All right. Okay. Are we ready? Okay. Corrections, additions, anything? Everything's okay. All I don't right. Think we got anything wrong? Good. Maybe. Oh, the how only, about? Oh, I oh, know. How what? about Pi? About oh, pi slash prime yeah. number last uh, week. I literally, and I'm just like a like an idiot. I'm just nodding along. Well, Ooh, no, but, yeah, boss. Yeah, no, but, but, I, but I literally said in the podcast right after yourself. I said it, I was like, oh wait, you that cor- pi pi is three point one four, and that's mm-hmm. not prime. So mm-hmm. it was that was still we're, we're a bunch mm-hmm. of idiots. Mm-hmm. Nobody has ever accused us of being smart. <laughs> Just dudes chatting. That was terrible. You, can, you know what? You learn about prime numbers. You know where you learn about it? You learn about it in contact. <laughs> because the the, the signal primed. I said, wait a minute, look. 2001. The prim, the prim, oh, 2001, say, better really? movie than contact. Oh. My God, look at Jonathan's eyebrows. Yeah, I agree. One of them, only one of them has James Woods. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that's all the time we're giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments, tweet us at Victorino Mattis at Sunny Bunch. At JV Last. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in substandard on a podcast and we're there just in time. Somebody's calling in, so leave a review. Tell your friends until next time. I have outtake of you don't have I, I just have questions about your glorious oh, week yeah. and all the things you're going to well, do. Well, coming up ahead... I have some stuff to do at the house. I was told. I was told. You know. Like what? Uh, clear out uh, one of these bookshelves. We're making, uh, my daughter's getting her own room now, you know. And so uh, it was a den at some point. And there's a bookshelf. And she said that last bottom shelf, all your stuff, she says, you got you to gotta clear it out or do something with it. I don't know what. And, and she goes, what, is, what is vodka? it there? No, no. Oh, no. That's, <laughs> the, that, that's in a box. Get rid of them. That's in a box in the basement, but not on the floor. God forbid there's flooding. Um, uh, 
it's like some of them are like um, newspaper clips from when I had written in newspapers back in the day that are yellowed, magazine, extra copies of magazines. For the, for the Vic Mattis library. For the Vic Mattis library. Eventually. And then some of them are just like, she goes, like, a, there's, a, there's a copy of, you know, there's like a Maxim with Jennifer Love Hewitt on there. And I said, oh, in other words, tonight I got to go through my whole bang to get through what I've got to, you know, keep and what I'm not keeping. That's that's basically what's going on. What time is that, Sonny? <laughs> do, we, do we bleep? I was kidding. I made that up. I made that up. Don't call between the hours of 8 and 11 tonight, but I'm just going through it. What are you going to eat while you're... Uh, that, I mean, that is a very good you question. You want to go to Carmine's? No, my, I go, I'd go to... Oh, my gosh. I'd go to Carmine's. No, I... Um, oh, and then you could bring it all home. I could be, then that'll stretch out for a week. You know what the ideal thing is? I'm not... I am not... I have never been one uh, to uh, cook alone for, you know, for one. I always find it kind of depressing if you cook something really nice. For one person, well, why that's the best way. Right? Nice. No, that's the best way. To, you, just, like a nice steak or it's something. So, no, it's so sad. It's so sad. Oh, God, so I, I might it. try to do something just simple, it's not like a going... big dinner. Maybe that'll be good for the RG. You know. By the way, when I was in Connecticut, um, Captain Bill and his wife uh, uh, Aaron um, had me go on a four-mile run. I had never run four miles. How'd before. it go? It went pretty good. I think we did forty-two minutes, but split negative, negative splits. So that by the last mile, it was under 10. It was like 940 or something like that. And I celebrated later that day at the uh, picnic part of the family reunion by having a double cheeseburger, a hot dog, and four martinis. Oh, good. I'm sure that's fine. Two thousand one, a space odyssey. More like 2001 minutes longer than Homer's odyssey. Audience today might not take a shine to the slow pace, but 2001 made a killing in 1968, grossing the equivalent of $400 million in 2018 dollars. Still, there's something chilling about a computer turning against its operators, like a dishwasher operating at 9,000 decibels more than the promised 42. Seriously, though, at one point before the intermission, I felt like I was watching with my eyes wide shut. Hopefully nobody heard me snoring. I give it one star, baby.